Do we know what we're talking about? <laughs> Season three. Hi, I'm John Stevens. This is Matt Russell. This and this <laughs> is Pod Have Mercy. So you know, one of the things interesting to me is we've gone through this pandemic and all the the trauma. We're going to be debriefing a lot of this in in the fall in different ways, but. One of the things I think is adults, as hard as it's been for us to deal with it, can you imagine kids dealing with this? The questions they have, the ways that they think about things. Um, I was reading an article, I think I sent it to you guys Mm -hmm. from Psychology Today, and it showed up in another place about how two-thirds of children um, have registered that they have felt or experienced some significant trauma over the past year plus with Mm -hmm. the pandemic. Does that surprise you? I mean, two-thirds. It doesn't. It doesn't me either. Sometimes I think we forget about yeah. the kids because what the, what the article says is that they are not primary um, victims of trauma. They're secondary victims yeah. of trauma, yeah. which means a secondary victim of trauma is not someone who personally like experienced the actual trauma itself but it's been going on all around them. Their parents have been losing their job. Their family members have been isolated in their homes or grandparents can't come to visit or, or it's only been zoom. So they're dealing with it at a secondary level, but it's still a significant level of trauma in their life. Yeah, that's right. And I think also like we have the tendency to think that kids can absorb or they don't see things or they don't feel stuff like, you know, if they, if they're not uh, taking in all the new stuff, right. I know they're not sitting on the front lines of that, but we see now um, that they do absorb all of that. You know, um, we've talked to, to, to students here, even high school students that have really had significant levels of depression or anxiety that it's, has, have increased in their lives. And we're seeing that all over. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that, with the article we were talking about talks about stress debriefing, which mm. I think is important for everybody. Mm. One of the, I think the danger could be for us is like, okay, we're coming out of pandemic, pandemic's over, let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's horribly dangerous. Yes. And I think that this whole fight or flight mentality that yes. we've dealt with it as adults yeah. is that those of us who have fought this, we've been ready for this to be over for months and months and months. Mm. And so we just kind of tell our kids, it's good, it was never a problem, we're over. Or if we're on the, the flight version, you know, our kids have really been insulated from this. Mm. But debriefing it, however you do it as a parent, I think is really important. And what they talk about is that the, the, the stress debriefing needs to be done, whether it's family members or friends, because this actually helps them to process. It's like the stages of grief. And so it helps them to process what they've been through, where they are now, mm. and how they live life going forward. And yeah. I think it's just as important, not just to always talk about the past, you got to talk about what the future is going to look like. Because kids will internalize all this stuff, and mm-hmm. there'll be a lot of post-traumatic stress that they'll be dealing with right. if we don't deal with. So there was a couple of questions in this article I thought were interesting mm. um, when you're debriefing. If you're looking to talk with your kids or your grandkids or other children, it's like, where were you when you first heard about coronavirus? Mm. I mm. remember you, the two of us doing this podcast. We'd started this podcast, what, like a couple of weeks before this. Right. And we were sitting at a table, I think, like this, right. either in this room or in the other room. Mm-hmm. And I said, so what do you think about coronavirus? And you're kind of like, uh, what? I don't know, what's that? <laughs> you remember that? I do remember that. It seems like yesterday yeah. and eternity. Yeah, like 
16 years ago in Corona time, right? Yeah, it was like and, a blip on the radar. But yeah. I think it to, to, to kind of relive that and kind of yeah. go by that can be an exercise in helping you process. Yeah. You know, who told you about it? Where were you when you first were aware that it got real? I remember I was with a group of pastors in, um, you know, uh, with the bishop okay. at a meeting at a restaurant in the Galleria area. Huh. And we were going to have this call with Methodist Hospital, Mark Boom, that night. And all of a sudden, as soon as we left, I'm driving home, my phone's blowing up. It's like state of emergency by the state of Texas, state of emergency by the president. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I remember like getting on the phone going, what are we going to do? We're going to have church yeah. on Sunday? I mean, it, it was, I mean, so I think, you know, talking, where were you when you kind of remember it was real? I think I think some of the emails you started sending out, some of the discussions we were having here as a staff, um, I, I I began to see, oh, this is this is a bigger deal than I thought, you know, um, and and because my in-laws live up in Seattle, and there was all that kind of when I first heard about it, it was just happening that kind of the retirement community up in Seattle mm. that they had shut down, and then all of a sudden I realized, oh, this is this is a big deal. Um, so I think it was probably, yeah, it got real. There was yeah. a moment. What did you miss most during the pandemic is another question. Mm, that's a great question, right? What did I miss most? What did you miss most? Mm. I miss seeing people. I missed, uh, just being able to, to, to meet with people. Um, I think people is what I miss most. What about you? Yeah, I think just normalcy of life. Mm. Although there were some things I really didn't miss at all, but yeah. But yeah, it was just such a disruption, you know, to our, our behaviors and our schedules and just everything was uncertain. I think that was, um, that I, I just missed kind of the, you know, your regular routine and yeah. your kind of what expectations. I wonder, I wonder yeah. if we could take these and put them in the show notes today. Yeah. Is that possible to do? Is yeah. to put these questions in the show notes? No, I think it'd be great. Folks would be able to ask their kids or, yeah. you know, over the the dinner table or whatever. What's one thing that helped you to get through the pandemic? Mm. Um, I think, I think exercise. <laughs> uh, and I think, um, yeah, me too. And, and, <clears throat> and, <laughs> Go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I think exercise. And, uh, I think, uh, one of the things that we did was a, a zoom Bible study. And that actually ended up being a really lifesaver for me uh, of just kind of connecting with with folks, uh, both at Chapelwood and the, it kind of opened up the sphere. And so both of those things, I think right now, as I think about it, were helpful. Yeah. So what that, about you? The one thing that helped me get through, is it bad to say total wine? Total Wine's points program? Yeah, are you a gold <laughs> point winner oh, now? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm platinum. <laughs> I'm <dude>. platinum. <laughs> Is there a crypto coin yeah. <laughs> winner? It was, it was interesting to me that they it, you know, we, we closed the churches. We closed the churches, but the liquor stores. Oh, yeah, oh, stayed open. That's yeah. essential business. Yeah, that's right. What was a part of your new routine that came out of pandemic that you'd like to keep in your life? Mm. I think just having some margins and some space. Yeah. That um, that I think is really helpful. Something that one of our guests a couple of weeks ago, Matt was talking about up in Indianapolis. Yeah, Matt Miofsky. Yeah, just the, the, the ability to say, oh wait, I, I need to really choose the events in my life that are life-giving and really double down on those. Um, and I think, I think those are some of the things I'm learning. Yeah, I think the margins too. I think 
the ability to say no in mm-hmm. in sort of Sabbath, which has always been important to me, but I think now it's it's going to be an easier thing to be able to say, and I think people will be more accepting of that now than they would have been yeah before. So we're going to talk to some kids. Well, they're going to ask us some questions. Yeah, this is kind of our Art Link Letter show, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Well, I think we're talking about kids and debriefing yeah. and all that. It's just so we might as well hear from some. Yeah. What are their questions that they yeah. have? I think would be fascinating. Yeah. So. so tell me your name. My name is Bennett. What's your last name, Bennett? Clay. Bennett Clay. All right. And um, what grade are you in? Second. Second grade. All right. Well, it's nice to meet you, Bennett. So, um, how did, um, why was the fish not scared of Jonah, even though, um, men would hunt for the fish? That is is a great question. Well, I think in in the, wow, stump her right up front here, Bennett. Why was the fish not scared of Jonah? Yeah. Well, the, the... The Bible says it was a really super duper, that's a loose translation of the Hebrew, large fish. And so it was more like a whale than a fish, right? And so I think the whale um, um, was not afraid of the tiny Jonah when he swallowed him. And so, um, and also it said that the whale was kind of doing what God wanted him to do. Like he was, he both kind of took Jonah into his tummy to protect him but also to get him to the right place. Because when, um, when Jonah was like thrown up, barfed up by the whale, he was right where he needed to be. And so in that story, we see that God is using his creation um, both to protect somebody in a big old storm, but also get that person where they needed to be. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, do all dogs go to heaven? Heck yes, yes definitively all dogs go to heaven not so sure about cats there's still kind of some question about that but dogs for sure yeah. i'm kidding cats go too for all you cat lovers but i'm a dog lover do you um, like dogs yeah do you have a dog mm, yeah you do okay and also how did the bush catch on fire in jonah in the burning bush and Moses in the burning bush. Yeah. Okay. How did the bush catch on fire? That that's it. This is this is a mystery, because the story drops us in. Boom. Moses is cruising down this like this like path in the middle of the desert, and it says he turns aside, and it's already on fire. The Bible didn't tell us how it started. It just was on fire. So I don't know. I have no idea. That's a mystery to me too. But I figure. You know, if God's going to swallow a dude and get him where he wants to go, he could probably start a bush on fire. You know, I'm just saying. How did um, the light be made even though um, there was no sun? Come on. You're, you're killing me here, Smalls. These are like, these are big questions. Okay. This is what I think. So it said, the first thing that Yahweh, God, Hebrew name for God, Yahweh, uh, ever says is let there be light right now we also know that god is light and so the very source of god is light so when god creates the world um, um he's already emanating light right but he needs something to um in the world that's sustained as light 
And so he says, let there be light. Um, and there's light, which is his own divine presence in the world. That's right. That's even before he creates the sun. And so his presence is woven throughout, I think, creation, all of creation. So let there be light is God saying, boom, I'm going to be a part of it all. And then he creates the sun. Mm. That's a mic drop. Pretty it's pretty good. Bring it, Bennett. Come on. Come on. Um, we'll do one more, Bennett, okay? So pick your good one. It's killing me here. So, um, like... How did God rest even though um, he just did more things <laughs> yeah. right after the seventh day? Yeah, right? That stumped me right there. I, I, dude was busy, right? Dude was busy. Six days. I mean, he's chopping it up like he's doing a lot of stuff. And I think that the story is about rest because that's the rhythm that God wants us to be in is that we work and then we rest. Sabbath is about saying, I am not what I do. So although God creates um, at his essence, he's not a doer. He's a beer, <laughs> if that makes sense. He, he is, his presence is what matters. And so he creates, but then he is. And then he calls us into that rhythm. We pick that up in Exodus when um, one of the big ten is to remember the Sabbath. Remember the seventh day. Because that is what keeps you free. That you don't have to then to be like uh, all connected up to your job or all connected up to what you do or create. You know, so that's what I think. Okay. Good job, Bennett. Bennett. That was awesome. Dude. How do you feel? Well, um, hi. How are you? Good. Good. Tell me what your name is. Micah. Micah. It's nice to meet you, Micah. How old are you, Micah? Um, five. You're five years old. All right. Do you have a question you want to ask today? Mm-hmm. What is it? Um, um, where was God when he made space? Where was God when he made space? Where is John Stevens when I need him? That's what I'm asking right now. Wow. Where was God when he made space? That is a great question. Well, um, because God created, space wasn't created yet. So when God said, let there be, like things were created. And so God created the very space and is before space. And um, if space ever ends, God will be after space and will be um, 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 there too. And so I think God was there before space. Do you have another question? What is it? What does, what does the Lord is one mean in the Shema? Oh my goodness. What does the Lord is one mean in the Shema? So the Shema is, the, it's like the oldest creed in the Old Testament. And that you would know the Shema. Listen, I mean, seriously, that's, that's amazing. So the Shema says, um, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is God. The Lord is one God, right? And so um, the, the Israelites, the, these, these, these folks that um, became connected to Yahweh in a particular way, lived in a culture that had a lot of gods in it. 
right? So their, their tribal folks over here would have a bunch of gods. Other folks would have a bunch of gods. And Yahweh shows up and says, actually, there's only one God. Um, there's only one God. And so they affirm that over and over. They says there's not a bunch of gods out there. There's one God over all of creation. Um, and this God's name, middle name, end name, first name is love. It's not war. It's not famine. It's not revenge. It's love. And so when they're saying, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God, right? Um, that's what they're saying is in all of creation, there's one God, and that God, um, that God is love. That's a great question. That's a great question. How does God make something out of nothing? <sighs> I wish these were like paper or plastic questions. How did God make something out of nothing? That's a great question. Um, God, one of the properties of God, one of the things that God does is like an artist is he creates. Um, out of his own imagination, he creates. But the very being of God creates the things that then, that then get created. Follow me here. So God can speak things into existence, and they are. That's what the Genesis story says, is that our God is a God that um, um, speaks things into existence and sustains them. And so um, there's a lot of different ideas about that, but a lot of the theologians and philosophers say that that's the very being and nature of God is that God out of his very being creates. I've created you, created me, created your family, created my family. Um, um, and that's the, that's the kind of God that we have that creates humanity, all of us, and then loves us and sustains it. Good job, Mike. Micah, that was awesome. awesome. Great question. Wow. Would you um, tell me your name? John. John. And John, how old are you? Five and a half. Five and a half. All right. Well, do you have some questions today? Yes. All right, let's do it. You want to start? Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. Ask them. What's your first one? How do we know that our God is the best God? How do we know that our God is the best God? That is a great question. What I think um, in, the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, what we find is that God is love um, and that God loves all of creation. And most of the other stories of God's, particularly in the Old Testament, there was things that like, like, like gnarly things you had to do, like, like do a lot of stuff that like we would say, that's not cool today. But our God keeps saying the way that he gets expressed is in love. And so I think that love is pretty best. And I think that um, because our God is a God of love and wants us to love the whole world, that, um, that that God shows um, um, like some pretty neat things. So. He also loves Santa. Yes, God loves Santa. That's easy to it, answer. Yeah, it's totally easy. <laughs> well, you just answered your own question. I love that. That's why he's the best God, because God loves Santa. <laughs> That's awesome. What's your second question? When were the dinosaurs, were they before Adam and Eve? Mm. They were. 
um, in the story, at least of the of Genesis, um, and this is kind of the story of the first people and how they understand the world was created. It says that God created um, all the living creatures on the earth and in the sea. And uh, the final thing that God creates in that story is um, Adam and Eve, the earth people, the people like you and me. And so um, what got created first would have been dinosaurs and then dudes. So it's always dinosaurs before dudes. The T-Rex was born before all of the living creatures. Yeah. He, he destroyed all of them. Yeah. Do you like the T-Rex? Is that your favorite? Yeah, but the Mophosaurus is way better than him. The what a Mophosaurus. I don't even know what that is. He's the underwater dinosaur. Oh. He swims underwater and he's the fish. Okay. And he doesn't have to get hunger. Really? Why not? He just said feel hunger. That's crazy. That's amazing. I don't even. He know. He lives in the water, but like, where's his cave? Where like? Yeah. Where does he sleep? Does he have like a family? Yes, or probably they passed. Oh. Okay. Were dinosaurs on the Noah's Ark? Were the dinosaurs on the Ark? Noah's. On Noah's Ark. That is a really good question. Um, you know what? It doesn't say. They don't say like what particular animals. They didn't name dinosaurs. But if they were, I hope that they were super kind. Right? But it doesn't say if the dinosaurs were there uh, or not in the, uh, in the Bible. What do you think? Think dinosaurs are there? Um, probably yes and no. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know either. Who is Satan? Is he a bad guy? <laughs> Just softball easy questions here for Pastor Matt. <laughs> is Satan he? I would say yeah, he's a bad dude, bad guy. Yeah, he, did he pass from good guy? Well, um, one of the things that it says in the Old Testament is that um, one of the stories is that he was a good guy and then he passed, passed and became a bad guy because what he wanted was all the power for himself. And so he could be freedom. Well, so he could, he could kind of, he wouldn't have to serve anybody but himself. Do you have any other questions for me? Yeah. Why did God let so many people die from COVID? That is a tough question um, and a really, really good one. Um, that is a question I asked too, is why um, the bad things happen to good people. One of the things I think is this, is that I think that God's love is God's power. Um, and often we think of God having absolute control from the outside. You may not understand this right now, so I'm talking to you and some other people too. So there's, so sometimes God, we think that God has absolute control from the outside. But when we look at all the way in Scripture, God just gives Himself to um, people and to to the situation of 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 what it means to be human. And God is love, and sometimes that um, love. Um, um, is more weak than we want it to be. It's not like magic. And so um, um, people get old and they get sick. Um, sometimes people get cancer. Sometimes um, bad things happen. God's love doesn't leave us, but sometimes God's love can't quit those things from happening. Um, but what I do know is that God's love at the end of the day redeems everything. 
everything is redeemed by God's love at the end. Perfect. Well, hey, Patty. Hey, Miss Patty. I'm, this, I'm John. Can you tell me, what's your name? Shiloh. Shiloh. That's a great name. That was a great, that was a great name. That is a great it name. It is a great name. How old are you, Shiloh? Seven. Seven years old. Wow, what grade are you going into? Um, sec- second grade. Oh. Shiloh, do you have a question? Um, so my first question is why did um, Jesus pick those 12 out of all the people in the world to be his 12 disciples? That's a good question. That's a great question. Yeah. You want to field this one? No, not at all. Really? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what it says in the New Testament is that Jesus prayed. Um, and that um, you get the sense that when he was praying to his Father in heaven, that he prayed, and that the Holy Spirit um, um, <clears throat> helped direct him to select those uh, those th- those twelve disciples. That's really good. I think they were just like waiting for something great to happen. Like, have you ever been waiting for something great to happen, <laughs> and then all of a sudden something great happens, and you're like, because you were ready, right? You were looking for it. I think they were like ready for something great to happen. I think they were ready for something like exciting to happen in their lives. Mm. And all of a sudden it's like, boom, Jesus shows up and says, hey, you want to come with me? And they're like, yeah. Yeah. This Are you is kidding? something that's happening. This is something exciting. <laughs> I think that's a great question. I think it has to do with like in life. Are you just ready for something great to happen mm. every day, every moment? That's awesome. I'm better, ready. That's a better question. I'm ready for something great to happen. Yes. Are you are. ready for something great to happen? Yeah. Every day? It's going to happen. That's a great way to live. That, you, it's going to happen then. It's a great way to live. Do you have any other questions? Um, was Jesus made or born? Mm. Made or born? Made and born. Well, I'm not sure how where to go with that yeah, question. I know. <laughs> like made and born. Begotten, not made. Oh, if we're going to go like... All right, so there's these fancy, fancy things called, from a long, long time ago, by a bunch of smart people smarter than all of us, called these creeds, like, and they like define like what we believe. Does that make sense? Like, remember the Apostles' Creed, like on Sunday morning, you say, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. You know, that's a creed, right? So they got some that are like, say, Jesus was begotten, not made. So that's the not made part. Yeah. But I don't really remember what begotten made means. Do you? He's begotten of the Father, right? Ah, yeah. So he came the homoousion. The oh, one see, in the. That, yeah, go Greek. Shiloh's. <laughs> How's hey, your Greek, Shiloh? <laughs> Shiloh's brother just dropped the Shema on me about five minutes ago. Did he so really? I figured that she was going to school us in, in Remember Greek. Remember the Lord your God shall not have other God before. <laughs> so that's good. Do you say that every day? You say the Shema, don't the you? The Shema? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. But it's interesting because I think, like you said, it's probably both, right? So it's, uh, he was begotten. So Paul said he was before all time, right? And then we see that he's born of Mary. Yeah. Because if Jesus is God, which we believe, then he's always been around. Like even in the book of Genesis, it says, like they hovered over the waters Mm -hmm. for creation. So Jesus can't be like made really can be birthed so i think that's what begotten means he's always been around but it was like he didn't become like jesus like me and you until he was born yeah that's about as smart as i can sound that's a it 
That's it. Good Lord. Ooh. Any okay. other questions? Um, if you could, if you could only have one book of the Bible, what, Ooh. which one would you choose? Gospel of John. Ooh. Yeah, it's a great name for a book. <laughs> you know my name is John, right? I'm John, so I like the Gospel of John. Do that. You, Matthew. What's wow. your favorite book of the Bible, Matthew? If I could only have one. Only one, Matthew. Dear Lord. <laughs> uh, it's, it's either do either Leviticus, either Leviticus or Revelation. I'm trying to figure out which one. Mm. I would have to. You know what? I'd have to go with one of the Gospels. John. John is like boom. Yeah, it's, thanks. It's, I appreciate that. It's Matthew. amazing. Thanks, Matthew. Um, That's very nice. <laughs> he likes John the best. I, I stuff happens in John, but I also. I'm mean, if you. Could we hang out together so he could have John and I could take one of the other? Yeah, you can pick, an, pick another one. I, I would I would go with Mark. I would go with Mark. See, That's I'd go gospel. with Luke. Would you? Yeah, I like Luke. Luke's uh, pretty Luke's cool. Good. Book Luke's too. good. Yeah. But there, then you could get the two for if you went like Luke Acts, right? Yeah. Because they were written as one and then yeah, they yeah, split yeah. them up. So. Those are excellent. What's your favorite book of the Bible, Shiloh? Uh, Maybe like Genesis and Luke. Oh, see, she loves see? Luke too. She's a Lucan scholar. Yeah. And Genesis, so snap. Snap to that. Genesis, what do you like about Genesis? Um, like how he like creates mm. all the world and mm. stuff. The great stories in Genesis, right? I, I like Noah's Ark so. too. That how are you? Good. Well, good. Are you doing camp this week? Mm, no? no. Just kind of hanging out? So can you tell us your name? Jordan. And how old are you, Jordan? Six. What grade are you going into? Um, first grade. All right. First grade. That was a great year. Mm-hmm. First grade was. You're going to love first grade. Mm. It's great. Do you have any questions for us today? Okay. What are they? What's your first one? My first one was, what's your favorite part about preaching? Mm. <laughs> Go ahead, you're preaching in July, not me. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part about preaching, wow. Well, I one of the things I love is that I get to look at it, like I take a text that we're looking at as a, as a congregation, and I just get to think about it a bunch. And I get to pray about it, and I get to do a lot of study about it. And then um, I get to think about like what needs to be said in it. Um, and so I love all the preparation beforehand. And then also um, just being in a conversation with, uh, with people in the congregation is super fun. Um, and so that's a, that's a great thing. I mean, I, it's, it's preaching is one of the funnest things in the world, uh, for me at least, because of all of that. It kind of, I, got, I like the study part of it, and then I like the conversation part of it. What about you, John? That's the same for me. I get to listen to God every week. Mm. that's what I like about it is I learn new things every mm. week because I'm getting ready to like say stuff and people think I'm smart. I'm not very smart, actually not very smart at all. Smart. So I'm listening to God every week to say what, what we think needs to be mm -hmm. shared. And so that's what I like the most is listening to God every week. Mm. Hey, see you. how's it going? <laughs> he knows exactly where he's sitting. Oh, how are you? I'm good. Y'all know Teddy, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Big microphone. It is a big microphone. I know, and that's cool. This is cool. It's like you're you're famous now. 
famous. You're famous. No, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be famous. You don't want to be famous? So are you at camp this week? Uh, yeah, I went uh, six weeks, so all weeks. Ooh. Yeah. Are you tired of camp or are you loving it? Tired. Are you tired of camp? That's awesome. the best part about being a pastor. Oh, yeah. Man, the best for me, the best part about being a pastor is getting to be in relationships with other people in all the different things in their lives. Like, so you get to like be beside them when something really great happens, like when a new baby is born or when they graduate from school or when they go into the fourth grade (laughs) or whatever it might be. But then you're also with them when they deal with things that are really difficult and you get to be their friend Mm-hmm. alongside so like if you know if their grandmother dies or if they get sick or if they don't turn mm-hmm. in their homework and they need somebody <laughs> to like really be supportive of them those all those things are like what i love to be so just hey just know when you don't do your homework and you get a d i'll be here for you yeah he'll bail you out of jail yeah, no i won't the, bail uh, you out of jail and jail. i and i will tell you that you should have done your homework but i can be the shoulder that you cry on uh. Questioning, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what to say. Teddy, thanks so much. Yeah, Behind the thank scenes. you. Um, thank you for yeah. coming and being on here. That's awesome, You're dude. Great, buddy. Thank you so much. Take care. All right. Wow. Adios, amigo. I'm so old now, I can't even relate to children. I know, it's like... <laughs> you ever notice, like, you cross a threshold when you're, like, in your, thir- you know, your 20s or your 30s, you're like, hey, sit down. Yeah. What sit are down. you doing? And then you get 50, and you're like... Hey, buddy. Hey. It's okay. Don't don't topple over that five thousand dollar computer. No, no, it's okay. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. Hey, buddy. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I think that's kind of. I think you, you make a shift there because you pre grandfather. Well, you no, you transition from like yeah. no kids to like kids, kids and right, then you true. then you move into the. Yeah, I think God. It's just like God prepares you, like when your kid is like a junior, senior in high school, it's like you're ready for them to go away. That, please go yeah, away. Please go leave. to college, go to the military, go, go, to go somewhere. And God, it's like natural wiring. It's, it's like just the way God works the order of creation. It's God's tenderizing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Kind of and so I think when you start getting like 50 and your kids get older, now you start going, okay, uh, I'm transitioning yep. now. I'm ready for grandkids. Yep. Well, anyway, I'm John Stevens. And I'm Matt Russell. And Matt Russell. <laughs> and this is Pod Have Mercy. Mm-hmm.